Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. I believe that Miss Emma has an announcement this morning, so I'm going to let her come up and make her announcement, and then we'll move along. Good morning. The ACT teams would like to your help in creating a cookbook with all of your fav favorite family recipes. You can bring them next Sunday, or you can email them to Susan Spencer. We just need them by May 2nd. Thank you. All right. Great job with that announcement. Some people can't do that. Some people can't get in front of people. Layla can't either. She just don't have that, right? So I got a few announcements this morning. We got Meals of Hope. Uh, May 8th, they will be packaged... Uh, packaging 100,000 shelf-stable sta shelf meals to provide for hungry people in Cleveland County. Uh, so volunteers are needed to help set up on May 7th and help pack on the 8th. Also, don't forget Children's Church uh, worker schedule um, is on my office door. So if you're curious about when you are scheduled to work for Children's Church, you can check that out. If you want to volunteer for Children's Church, you can see me. Please, we need all the volunteers we can get. And finally, uh, Sarah Spencer, you are uh, the summer missionary. So let's give her a round of applause and congratulate her. Good job. All right. I believe that's all the announcements that I have this morning. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for another day. Uh, Father, we just pray that we can get all distractions that we may have. Uh, that's going on, and we can focus on what you have for us to hear this morning. And Father, we pray that the right person has showed up here uh, this morning, or will tune in later, or is tuning in right now. Uh, Father, and we just pray that today will be their day of salvation. Because Father, sometime tomorrow is too late. We thank you for sending your son to die for us. All is your name. Amen. Amen. And we have that opportunity through God's amazing grace. Let's stand as we sing, This is Amazing Grace.
Amen. Have you had a good day so far? Amen. Amen. Indeed, it has been a good day. Man, it's great to see everyone here today. Glad that you're here. Uh, whether in person, online, we're glad that you've come to, to join us in worship together of our mighty, risen Savior and Lord. Well, today we're kicking off a new series called Series 316. And uh, when, when I mentioned that Sunday night, I, I got a kind of a crazy look for, from, from some folks. But, you know, when you hear about or when you hear the phrase 316, your minds normally go to John 316, don't you? I mean, that's just what we've, what we've heard, what we know. And, and that sounds good. That's a good thought, too. But today we're going to begin a, a series on a lot of 316s. We're going we're gonna to crack the Bible open and, and look at a number of 316 gems found throughout the Bible. And we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, 16 today. So if you want to turn your Bible there, we're going to, a lot of our passages are going to be from there, but we're going to be in and around the Bible uh, throughout uh, the morning. But there are a lot of them as I begin to look uh, at the 316 that have a very significant meaning in them. We're not going to, the series ain't going to cover all of them, but hopefully we'll we'll be able to touch on an, on a number of them. And I began to think Earlier last week, I thought, you know, maybe what if there was a, a, a collage of verses of 316 that would make up the gospel or would tell the story of the Bible that would sum it up in just several verses. And so, indeed, I found that. That was, that was the case um, where it tells the biblical story from beginning in, uh, to, to end. And so if we look at, at, at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 through 17, we see the the fall of man where, where sin enters into the world. And then, of course, John 3, 16, uh, where man's reconciled with God. Uh, Colossians 3, 16, where it talks about a believer's growth and uh, discipleship and discipling others and being in the Word. And then finally, Revelation 3, 16, and it talks about judgment and Jesus uh, uh, casting us out. Into, into utter darkness. And so this morning, let's start at the beginning, at the fall of man in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, when, sinner, when, when sin enters the world. And it says, I have put enmity between you and, your wo and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Chapter, verse 15 is actually the first prophecy of Jesus in, in all the Bible. There are a number of them, but this is the first one. In verse 16, it says, To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And to Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you, and through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. And so this is the original sin. This is uh, the, the story of the original sin and the consequences it was passed on uh, to everybody else thereafter. And so as a result of, of sin in our life and in the life of humanity, man needed a way out. 
man needed salvation and needed to, to mend that broken relationship back with God. And, and so we find that verse in John chapter 3, verse 16. We're going to look at verses 14 through 17, but John chapter 3, verse 16 is arguably the most important verse in the entire Bible and, and probably the most famous and well-known verse as well. But John chapter 3, verse 14 through 17, the gospel writer John says, uh, Just as Moses lifted up the stake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so you've got sin coming into the world. You've got uh, the, the reconciliation of man with God through Jesus Christ. And so once we are saved by the Heavenly Father, we're to grow in our relationship with him. We're to, we, we should have a desire to grow with God at a deeper level. And so if you're a believer here today, you should have that desire in your heart not to be satisfied with where you are in your relationship with God, with your, in your knowledge of his word and your, and your interaction with him, but we should have a desire to go deeper and deeper and to know him at a more intimate level every day. And so we find a, a, a verse in Colossians chapter 3. They cause us to grow in the likeness of Christ in Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Here it is. Let the message of Christ dwell among you. A better translation says, let the message of Christ dwell in in you. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so in everything we do in life, whether we talk about it or whether we do it, should be done to glorify God and to, and to honor God. And, and his word should dwell within us. But see, there's going to be a number of people that choose not to follow after Jesus. There's going to be a number of people that reject the Son of God. There are going to be a number of people that walk through the waters of baptism and it doesn't mean a thing to them in the end. We... we when the end of their life comes, there'll be no fruit of the Spirit. There'll be no evidence of their salvation. And so we have the fall of man, we have the salvation, we have growth, and then we have judgment. In Re Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. He says, there will be eternal punishment for those who, who reject the Son of God. Listen to what it says in verse 15. He says, I know your deeds. That's frightening to me. God knows everything I do. And I've said it and I've said it, I'll say it forever. God knows our thoughts too. 
And, and to me, that's worse than him knowing my deeds because, you know, we don't always act out on our thoughts, do we? But we will all agree, I think, or I'm not just up here by myself, our thoughts aren't pure, are they? Our, our thoughts are evil in nature. Our heart is. We're wicked people at, at nature. And the things that come through our mind, they're just not good sometimes, are they? But praise God, we, we hold that back. But, but God, it says he knows our deeds, he knows our minds, he knows our thoughts. He says, I know your deeds. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So let me ask you this morning, are, are you on fire for the Lord? Is your heart burning like, like the folks on the road to Emmaus was? Is your heart burning for the Lord Jesus Christ, for his teachings, for his words, for, for ministry in his name? Or are you cold? Have you just turned it off completely? Or are you somewhere in the middle, just lukewarm? Yeah, if the preacher calls me, I'll do something. Or, yeah, I'll show up here and do this or do that. Listen to the warning that he gives us there in that passage. He says, because you are lukewarm. Because you're not on fire for the Lord. Because you're not either hot nor cold. I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, but I am rich. I have acquired wealth and, and do not need a thing. But Jesus says, but you don't realize that you are Wretched and pitiful and poor and blind and naked. You may think you have it all together, but you have nothing without the blood of Jesus. Amen. And he will spit you out. He'll spew you out. The, the imagery there is to, is to vomit you out of his mouth. It's sickening to him that you're, that you're not on fire for him, but yet you're, you're lukewarm. And so as we look at these passages, uh, uh, these four passages, these are just a few of the gems that I found, and we're going to unpack some more of those in the weeks to come. But, but everything in the Bible, the entire story of the Bible is about man's sinfulness and about Jesus' solution for our sinfulness, about the salvation for us and eternal life for us. And if we look at it, everything in the Old Testament points to the coming of Jesus Christ in the New Testament and pointing to his birth. And then everything in the New Testament points to his second coming and the eternal life that we have. Amen. And praise God for that. And when we put all that together, we have the history of mankind. We have the mystery or the history of, of man from beginning to what's going to take place in all of eternity. As we look and we, we, we follow that that story throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, there's something called the, the, the scarlet thread. Have you ever heard of that? Is that familiar? It's a metaphorical trail of sacrificial blood that begins in Genesis and runs all the way through Revelation. It begins in Genesis and it's woven through Abraham's sacrifice and Moses putting blood on the doorpost, uh, Rahab hiding the spies, and then Ultimately, Jesus' crucifixion and his ultimate return. And so, as we began in Genesis, we look at Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and man, life was good. I promise you, it didn't get no better than that. That, that was good. 
It was perfect. It was perfect in every way. There was no sick sickness or death or illness. It, it was perfect. There was nothing at all wrong with it in any in any way. And so living in chapters one and two are pretty good, but then chapter three comes along. And, and chapter three takes a catastrophic turn for all of mankind. Decisions were made by, by Adam and Eve that, that changed all of eternity for, for everybody after them. You see, when they were in the Garden of Eden, God just gave them just one, one rule. <laughs> you think, hey, we can obey one rule. Can, can we do that? Can we just obey one rule? They had, you know, what he told them was very clear and very specific. They had freedom over everything in the garden. Anything that they wanted except that tree of life. God said you can do anything you want, but do not eat from that tree. They couldn't stand it. <laughs> they couldn't stand it. You know, it's like sometimes we take, we'll tell the grandkids, you know, if we want them to do something, we say, oh, you can't do that. You kind of reverse psychology on them. Here God said, you can do it all. You can have it all. Just leave it alone. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't stand it. They, they fell to the temptation. The temptation was, was too great and they chose to go against God. And every decision we make in our life, we choose to go along with God or to go against God. And so they chose to disobey God and they went ahead and ate of the the forbidden fruit. And in that terrible instant, man sinned against God. And that entered in sin into all of eternity or, or, or all of mankind. And man's future would then be, he, he would die, he would become spiritually dead and separated from, from fellowship with the Almighty God. The one who, think about that, who, who formed them up who breathed life into their lungs and gave them everything they wanted. But now they are in separation because of the sin in their life. Well, folks, when we sin in our life, it's the same thing for us. We are separated from that fellowship with God. And only when we receive the blood of Jesus Christ, only when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, is that blood or is that sin taken away from us where we can be reconciled back with God. You see, at that point, man became helpless in his ability to, to mend that relationship. And so there was a, a great gulf between man and God. That, and the only thing to cross that chasm was the blood of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. It says, but your iniquities have have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Their plunder in paradise cost all of us. So think about times when we sin, times when we rebel against God and go against God's teaching and there are consequences that come upon us and sometimes our actions have an effect on other people, don't they? The same was true for here. 
When they, when they ate of that fruit, their eyes were opened and, and sin entered in. And immediately they knew that paradise had been lost. And they became ashamed of their, of their nakedness. And they, they tried to cover their, their shame and their nakedness with, with fig leaves. But that wasn't enough to repair and restore their relationship with God. And to cover their sin. And their sinfulness against God was now fully exposed. Think back to a time when you were a kid and your parents told you not to do something and you went ahead and did it anyway. Have y'all ever done that? Uh, confession time, guys. Okay, for those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're lying, okay? <laughs> Still confession time, right? And so those times that we did something that our parents told us not to do and we did it anyway and we got caught. <laughs> You know that, that sickening feeling that just your, your heart drops when they call your name? Russ! Oh, no. I, I knew it was going to be bad. And it usually was. Think about Adam and Eve. They had disobeyed God. They had done what their father had told them not to do. Adam, Adam, he knew, he knew that, that that fellowship had been broken. And I can't imagine the sinking and the sickening feeling that he probably had at that moment too. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, we find where, where God is, is calling out Adam and Eve and, and then he delivers the consequences or the punishment for their sin. And yet, it was bad. It was really bad for them and it was bad for us. It says in verses 8 through 11, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God. How many of you did that when you were kids? You knew you'd done what you weren't supposed to do? Maybe if I hide, maybe if I just wait a while, maybe they'll forget about it. <laughs> they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden like God couldn't see them. But the Lord called out to man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked so I, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And then the blame game started. The woman blamed the servant, uh, serpent. The, the man blamed the woman. Have, have you ever said the devil made me do it? There you go. They had sinned and God pronounced the punishment for their sin. And, 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 but he still made a way for them. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 it says, I will put hostility between you and the woman. Again, he's talking to the man in particular right here. He says, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. But listen, 
He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. That great promise in, in verse 15 has long been, been uh, categorized as the first gospel, promising the, the ultimate coming and victory of the Redeemer. And so the prophecy clearly looks forward to the time when, when Satan will be completely crushed beneath the feet of Jesus. Amen. And praise God for that, that that is truth, that that is God's promise, and it will come to pass. And then in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, it says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. God made garments of skin. Where did that skin come from? You see, God killed an animal and provided an animal skin to cover them. The fig leaves weren't enough, right? And so God made something that was sufficient. And so he killed the animal and made the covering for them. And this is the first evidence in the Bible of blood or, or death that we find. And so as we look at the blood flowing from the first dead animal, we see the beginning of the scarlet thread, the, the blood that was shed. And blood from the animal was shed for the covering of their sin. That set into motion the animal sacrifices that we, that we read about throughout the Old Testament for the forgiveness of sin. Later it will be the the blood of Jesus, the sacrificial lamb of God that was spilled not just to cover their sin and our sin, but to take it away. Now, I want to invite you back tonight with some great information tonight about Old Testament sacrifices and how it, how it began and why they have them and how it relates uh, to our New Testament belief in the blood of Jesus. So I invite you back for that. But a couple of examples of that in Leviticus chapter 17 Verse 11, it says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement of one's life. Then in Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Another one in, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. It says, just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away, not to cover our sin, but to take away the sin of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation for those who are waiting on him, for those who have already accepted him. Okay, he's going to bring salvation to us. Amen. And praise God for that. But for the other ones, it says he's going to spew them out of his mouth. He's going to cast them into eternal darkness, to eternal hell. And, and so these verses and, and many more tell us that, that without the shedding of blood, Man has no covering for his sin. God, uh, man has no way to blot out the sin in his life in the sight of God. Only the blood of Jesus. It's only the blood of Jesus that can wash away that sin. You see, God knew that, 
He created people of will, free will, that they would have a choice to obey or disobey Him. And He knew that ultimately mankind would sin against Him. And so even before the creation of the world, His redemption plan was already in place. Even before Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit of the tree, He was ready. As we think back about that encounter with God and and Adam and Eve, I want you to notice something that that he called them. What were they doing? They were hiding. They were were ashamed. They had sinned against God. And so what does he do? He he calls them in verses 9 and 10. He sought them out. He reached out to them. He spoke to their heart. He says, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. Folks, God didn't come to to gloat in their misery or to to look at the misery that they were and their shamefulness. He called out to Adam in an effort to reach him, in an effort to make a way back for that fellowship. See, God, God created everything. He created all of creation, all the animals. But we as as humans are, man, we have a special place in his heart. And and he wanted us, he he created us to worship him and to be in fellowship with him. And when that fellowship was broken, he reached back out to us. He reaches out to you and me today. He wants to restore that, that relationship. You see, man is is dead in his sin until God speaks to his heart. That's why it's important for us to pray for those that are lost. To pray that the Holy Spirit would speak into these people's lives and that God would draw them to Himself. Again, God is is reaching out to to, to you today. He's calling us to be a part of His family. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and and verses 8 and 9, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. You see, until the Holy Spirit makes known to you of your sinfulness, only then can we come to God. Can we come to the the salvation of Jesus? It says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not of your own selves. It's a gift of God, not by your works, so no one can boast about it. This is not from yourself. It's from God. The grace is from God to you, to us. So that we can have everlasting life. You see Adam and Eve. They knew they had. They had made a terrible grave mistake. Their world was. Was turned upside down. Nevertheless God was. Ready with a solution. For their mistakes. God had a plan in place. To remove their sins. And remove their sinfulness. And, and he has that same plan for us today. Maybe you find yourself today where everything seems lost. Where there seems to be no hope. Let me encourage you today that God still has a plan for you. I don't think any of us have experienced as painful a day as Adam and Eve did 
on that fateful day in Genesis chapter 3. But because of God's grace, he opened the door of hope for them and for us. Folks, there, no, no matter how bad it is in your life, no matter what you're going through in your life, there is still hope found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? When temptations seem too great, God's word says there's always a way out. And folks, we don't have to be defined by our mistakes and failures. We don't have to be defined by the, by the sin in our life and our past life. God redeems us for a future. Amen? And what is to come? And so when we're at our lowest, God will offer you a way of salvation. Amen? Regardless of how low it might be. And when things are going really bad and look horrendous, pray and, and ask God for the eyes to see and the heart to receive the grace from God in the midst of your life. And you see, because of God's love for us, he didn't want to be separated from his very best, from his finest creation. But he couldn't and he still can't tolerate sin because he's perfect. He can't allow sin in his holy presence. Because God is life and the penalty of sin is, is death. Only a perfect sacrifice will be able to reconcile us with God. And that's why he, he sent his one and only son to be the, the perfect blood sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb of God that would pay the debt of sin eternally for all of us. Friends, the, the way has been made for us to receive salvation from our sin. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Folks, salvation is free for everybody, but it was bought with a price. The life of God's one and only Son, our Savior Jesus. He freely, he freely gave His life. He, he shed His blood on the cross for the, for the forgiveness of sin, and He was raised to life so that we could have that hope of eternal life too. And so if you're lost in your midst of darkness and lostness and you don't know Jesus, today is the day of your salvation. Call on Him as your Lord and Savior. Confess to Him your sinfulness. Turn from your ways. Turn away from the, from the ways of the world and follow after, after His teachings. And again, maybe you're in a, a struggle of your life. Be reminded that there is hope. In the blood of Jesus. Won't you allow him to cleanse you today? Won't you allow him to, to lead you and guide you back. Into the life that he wants you to live. Is there something in your life that you're dealing with? Is there something in your life that's pulling you away that you know is pulling you away from God? He wants you to confess that to him. He, he wants to help you through this time. He wants, you to be, he wants to be your partner. He wants to show you the way. The way to freedom. The way for hope. 
and the way for eternal life. Folks, only you can decide to, to follow him or to follow yourself. Again, if you follow yourself, it's going to lead to destruction. If you follow his way, his way leads to life. You decide today who you're going to, lead, who you're going to follow. Almighty God, we come to you today. We thank you for your word, for the testimonies of your word, how it lays out the reason we need you in Genesis because of the sin in the world, the sin in our life. Oh God, thank you for the, for the salvation that we have through, through John 6, 3.16. How, how you made a way for us to have eternal life. And that as a believer, we're to grow in Christ. And we're to grow in our relationship with you. And Father, if we're here today and we're not growing, if we're stagnant in our relationship, Lord, just convict our heart to move beyond that. To move towards you. Because as we looked also at Revelation, for those who are lukewarm or for those who, who reject you, you'll have nothing to do with us. So, Father, we, we come to you this morning. You know our hearts. You know our minds. And so, Father, convict us and lead us in the direction we need to go this morning. That in our decisions we'll be pleasing to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.